From Slash's signature top hat to the glasses and outfits worn by Elton John, many musicians have created iconic signature looks that will define them for the rest of time and make them immediately recognizable from a mile away. A newer name to add to that list may very well be Oliver Tree. Shiny like a limousine. The 28-year-old singer, songwriter, rapper, and filmmaker was born in Santa Cruz, California, where music became a part of his life at an early age, beginning with piano lessons as a child and numerous projects in the years to follow, including a ska band, a rap group, and at the age of 17, he went by the name Criff for a dubstep project where he opened up for some pretty impressive names, including Tyler the Creator and Skrillex. After studying business for two years at San Francisco State University, he embarked on a solo career under the name Tree, self-releasing several tracks before signing to an indie label and dropping an EP called Demons. Sometimes I return home to demons on my doorstep. Please let me be. I want you to leave. Sometimes I get so suffocated I could barely breathe. But after little success, Tree was a fairly short-lived project, and he, for at least a time, stepped away from the stage to study music technology at the California Institute of the Arts. While still in school, his 2016 song, When I'm Down, released under his full name, Oliver Tree, garnered an impressive response online and landed him a spot on the Atlantic Records roster. My hair blows up when I'm alone Inside out, I might explode Amidst going to school and continuing to release music, Tree was also putting out comedic videos on the social media platform Vine, where his often angry and loud character Turbo would pave the way for his iconic look that included a bowl cut, ridiculously oversized jean coat jeans, a purple windbreaker that looked straight out of the 1980s, and, of course, his undying love for scooters. By the way, if you aren't aware, Oliver Tree literally holds the Guinness World Record for building the world's largest scooter. His first major label release, an EP entitled Alien Boy, which came out in February 2018, has been certified gold. I fell down to earth from a hundred miles away And somehow I still make it work But it's overrated and somehow played out. And his passion for filmmaking is clearly evident in his high-quality music videos, frequently written and directed by him, that often include some form of stunts or special effects. And he's even gone as far as traveling to the Ukraine to bring his visions to life, as seen in his music video for the song Hurt, which is off his debut full-length album Ugly is Beautiful that released back in July of 2020. Though he claims he's eager to get out of the music industry as soon as possible to focus on filmmaking, his catchy music that blends rap, pop punk, and a variety of other genres has clearly struck a chord with the general public as he now has over 20 million monthly listeners on Spotify, music videos with tens of millions, even hundreds of millions of views, and the deluxe release of his debut album only solidified his place as a beloved musician when his track Life Goes On took on a life of its own on TikTok where it went viral and introduced a whole new audience to the high energy, absurdly dressed, and honestly comedic genius that is Oliver Tree. Life goes on and on and on and on and on Recently, Tree has seemingly retired his iconic turbo look and traded it in for a bowl cut mullet dubbed a bullet and a goatee, all in preparation for his next phase, a country album called Cowboy Tears. 
While we would hate to ever see him step away from the stage, you can't help but absolutely love and respect the hard work Oliver Tree puts into his entire career. And after working for years to make a name for himself, his time has finally come, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for him. My name is Nick Major. This is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they are famous for. And today, my guest is Oliver Tree. Mr. Oliver Tree, how are we doing today, man? Doing amazing. How are you? I'm great. I, I love this backdrop or this front drop that we are behind right now. It's kind of a throwback, I feel like, to your childhood days almost. That is you, true. You, you grew up involved in, in the circus a bit, right? Yeah, that's amazing that you did some homework here because a lot of people <laughs> don't know this. And I grew up traveling with the circus, the Pickle Family Circus to be specific. Both my parents worked in it. So I was a bit of a crony in my adolescence, traveled around America, got a taste for what it is, life on the road. And in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm taking my own circus on the road now. So it was, it was inspiring to say the least. And that's great. So it did kind of help pave the path for a lifestyle oh, that uh, totally. you ended up turning into. And you've been known for such a signature look for so long from your, mm-hmm. your turbo look. And you have kind of grown and evolved into this beautiful bullet and you've got Thank some you. facial hair going. It does look really nice. Thank and you. I'm using some new experimental growth hormones and these things are crazy. They work like magic. Before I could never grow facial hair and it's coming in thick. Mm. So it looks good. It does. It looks awesome. So is this the retiring of Turbo? Or are we going to see that? Oh, that dude's long gone. I hope I never <laughs> see him again. He's annoying as hell. You obviously have been traveling around a lot lately. Always. Love to travel. And you've been over to the Middle East. You've been traveling yes. abroad to Europe and stuff. So what kind of sparked that? I've seen the pictures you've been posting of goats and trees, of, mm-hmm. of just awesome surroundings. So uh, where did you travel to and what was that like? So I wanted to mix my country album somewhere that would be the perfect place to finish it. So I did the mixing and the finishing of the album in the Middle East. I thought, what better place to finish my country album? Yeah. And went to Morocco and Egypt. I was there for a month. I was exploring. I filmed a documentary on the process. And it was eye-opening. I never been to the Middle East. Basically, what prompted that in a lot of ways is I'm trying to make it to all the continents by this year. So I got South America and Antarctica left. And I'm trying to make it to both those before my birthday. So I got some shows I'm trying to plan out there. I'm trying to do April potentially for South America. We'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to play for the scientists in Antarctica. So I'm in the process of setting up these last little spots to hit. That's awesome. An Antarctica show would be insane. And I know you also spent a good chunk of time over in Russia. Yeah, I moved there for four months. It was insane. Yeah, while you were there, you did uh, Welcome to the Internet EP. You worked with Little Big on that. Had Tommy Cash on a song as well. How did that whole collab come to be? Because it was so cool. It was kind of a mix between like Russian dance music Mm -hmm. and then an Oliver Oliver for Tree Twist. So how did this connection and collab happen? So it's crazy because I met them in chat roulette. We were both on this, it's just like some stupid website. And I thought it was fake at first, like a video that was pre-recorded or whatever. And then they were actually, we had a really great conversation and they gave me their Instagram, which ended up being their verified account. And we ended up just linking up. I mean, we really kicked it off and it was something where I was like, this is basically me if I lived in Russia. So I said, you know, I've always wanted to get all the way out to Russia and 
they made it happen. They treated me like a prince out there, a Russian prince, Russian royalty, and uh, the rest was history. And I know that you've been out to the Ukraine when you did the Hurt music video, mm -hmm. and that, I, I do have to say, if anyone hasn't seen it, that behind the scenes video that you have for that is incredible. And it really does show kind of like the magnitude of productions that goes into your work. But the, the new exciting one for you is Cowboy Tears. Yes, that is, it's I'm all your, about it. Your country album, it's the first time you've actually really been able to release an album with full new material because on Ugly is Beautiful, it's kind of like a collaborative effort of just old songs of yours thrown together. So what the is label it? made me do it. <laughs> what does it feel like though to finally have a collection of work that will maybe see the light of day that's new stuff? I will say it's a dream come true because I've made over 40 plus albums and I was put through so many different bad record deals before, things that didn't allow me to release the music. I went on hiatus for three years with my Tree Project, re-emerged as Oliver Tree when I finally made it out. And basically, you know, to tell you the truth, in a lot of ways, Cowboy Tears is my first album. Ugly is Beautiful was supposed to be my first album, but it was really a selected works, and the label forced me into it. I didn't have any choice with it. It was contractually obligated based on a timeline. So to be finally releasing a real album and a conceptual album and something that's made from start to finish to really be you know, a body of work that can stand the test of time, I'm excited to tell you the truth. And I know you don't listen to music necessarily for your inspiration, that is true. apart from maybe your own stuff that you're working on. Yes. So you're a film lover. I'm a film lover. What what inspired the the country genre? Was it any film stuff, or was it just living out in the country, out of the country? So my grandparents own a cattle ranch, and I spent some time out there growing up every year as a kid. And when I was making cowboy tears, I just wanted to get in touch with my roots and do something that was authentic to my upbringing and not be faking being someone else. So I just decided, you know. Let's just do the reality here, bring in some of my childhood. And I lived on the ranch for about six months before I went to Russia during COVID and uh, got a lot of inspiration there. I built a six foot tall guitar with my bare hands and <laughs> we did some, you know, some songs out there. I brought some of my buddies out and we sat by the campfire and, you know, sang some songs and brought out a new artist in me. I love it. And one thing that I really do love is the album titles of your work. Thank Ugly you. is Beautiful, which is kind of encouraging people to love their flaws. And Cowboy Tears is kind of telling people to get in touch with your emotions. It's okay mm -hmm. to, to do that. Why is it important for you through your work to kind of let people know to love themselves and to care about themselves? People don't love themselves enough. It's hard. You know, we live in LA. Everybody here has plastic surgery. Everybody here is trying to alter their things that they consider a flaw. But the mm -hmm. truth is, those are what make us who we are. It makes us unique. It makes us build that character. And we need to embrace that. We need to accept who we are in the mirror. This is it. You know, just love yourself. It's, it's hard to do, but it's really... It's so much easier when you can do it because you'll never be satisfied. You'll keep changing yourself, keep altering yourself to the point where you don't even recognize yourself. And I know that you do have the tour coming up and it is named after the album, but is there any chance of any songs of the album actually coming out by the time the tour kicks off next year? To be honest, I highly doubt it. We'll see what <laughs> happens. I would love for the album to have at least one song out before the tour. But to tell you the truth with Atlantic and how long they take, this album might not be out for anywhere from one year to six years based on what happened with Ugly is Beautiful. So mm -hmm. the only time can tell, man. Yeah, and I know you got Swaco coming out on this tour. You got 347 Aiden coming out. It's your final tour. It's going to be your last chance this for anybody it. to see you. So why the final tour? And also, how did these two guys get involved to uh, hop on with you for it? Well, basically, short answer is I'm making movies now. I've written two screenplays over the last few years. I have 10 versions of each one, and I'm in the process of trying to pitch it out and get these films made. It's a very long process, so we'll see when they get to be finally 
brought to life. But the truth is, I'm looking to get behind the camera and show what I can do as a storyteller in the long-form realm. And uh, as far as the openers, you know, I'm a TikToker now. Everyone knows that. And uh, if you don't know what TikTok is, it's for ages three to five years old. And I found that that's my main demographic. So I brought on some other TikTokers on the road with me. And, you know, we're about to bring TikTok to the real world and do a real-life TikTok show. I think it's going to be pretty exquisite. We're going to do some crazy stuff, everything from belly dancing to WWF wrestling. So you do not want to miss this. That is awesome. And I hope that some of those one to five-year-old toddler and infant fans get to come out and experience this. But if not, is there a chance that down the road, maybe in 15 years, you do a reunion tour just so that new TikTok audience will get a chance to see you? We'll see if TikTok's still a thing. I don't really know uh, at this point. I would be shocked if I did another tour. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what's in the cards, but I will say I'm ready to get out. Yeah. And um, so we mentioned earlier you've been traveling around a lot. And I loved last year. You're obviously a big scooter guy. You, you big take... scooter guy. I actually have the world record for the world's biggest scooter. So that's my biggest accomplishment. Forget yeah. this music stuff. Yeah. And I saw that. That video was incredible. And you took a spill at the end of it. It looked like he's falling over. It took me a couple months to heal, but yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It was bloodbath. It was it was. I saw you getting carried away into an ambulance, but then on top of that, breaking that record, you also went down to Australia. I think it was yeah. Brisbane where you met up with uh, with Ryan Williams. You ready to shred, bro? Uh, what are you gonna do on that? I'm gonna hit the mega ramp, dude. I just fucking flew 14 hours. N- not on that thing, dude. No way. AKA R Willie, and he is. Please, please don't mention that name around me. I will, I, I'm just wondering, I, I know that if you watch the footage, it seems like they really set you up for an unfair Yeah, match well, that's why I don't want to talk about it, because these guys set me up full-on Australian booby yeah. trap. I literally got, my pants got stuck into the wheel. They changed the handlebars backwards. I'm going to spin these bars around. These bars are backwards. Yeah, no one's beating Ryan Williams at his own territory. These guys were setting me up for failure. And this guy had the home court advantage. And his buddies were totally taking advantage of it. And you can see in the footage, they were totally messing with all my stuff, setting me up for failure. But I know you had given him the offer to come out to Santa Cruz. Yes. To go do a ride in your local park there to really yes. prove in uh, who's the best scooter in, in the world. Has, has any conversations come from that? or is Well, he- you know... I've got a 25-foot ramp at my parents' house. I call it Oliver Tree Town. And I'm trying to get him to come out there or the Santa Cruz City Skate Park. And either of those places will finally get to show, you know, who's really boss on the scooter. Because the guy thinks he's the number one in the world. But I'm the number one scooter rider. Everyone knows that. Look at the Guinness World Records. Google who built the world's biggest scooter. I'm the biggest in the game. I've got the most followers out of any scooter rider. I mean... I'm a scooter legend, everyone knows that, and our Willie is a phony and a sham. And speaking of scooters, I don't know if you watched the Olympics at all, but this year was the first oh, year dude, that skateboards... Oh, don't talk about the Olympics. Skateboards got introduced this year. How yeah, does it feel? Yeah, I saw that, and I've been writing letters to the commission for the last eight years trying to get scootering added, and when they did that and they added skateboarding to the Olympics, that was just a slap to the face. I'm just curious, a scooter enthusiast, how did you feel like when bird scooters started popping up? Was that cool to see? Was it kind of a disservice to the art, or was it was it? Well, rad? I'll say this, man. Any exposure for scooters is good exposure awesome. um, but I will say it got a little out of hand I saw people throwing the bird scooters in the river off buildings yeah I mean it, it just became disrespectful and seeing what what people were saying about these scooters oh they're getting in the way they're riding on the sidewalks well dude at least it's not a skateboard skateboarding is noisy and it's annoying and they're jerks and they somehow made it into the Olympics, which is not cool. I don't, I don't like that. I'm sorry about that. But no, it's um, definitely not cool. And if the anyone from the Olympic Commission is watching this, 
You guys better add scootering next year. Or we're going to have some serious problems. I'm going to shut this show down. I want this thing in for the next four years. But if we can do a mini scooter Olympics to make up for last year in the next year, let's do it. In this past year or so, there's been like a lot of fights online between social media personalities, YouTubers, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And I just want to know, from the relationship I've seen between you and Ethan from H3, Oh, dude, a bit... stop. Why are you saying all this stuff I hate? I specifically said do not invite all of them. Everybody knows the H3 podcast is bottom of the barrel content. Why am I going to bring him on and promote this trash album? He's just flipping me off. Oh, you, are you beautiful. Ethan. I'm just wondering, if the offer came, would you get in the fighting ring, the boxing ring with him? And oh, how do you think I would, that would fight play that out? I would hand him his ass in paper bag, bro. <laughs> that guy is trash. Ethan Klein, if you're watching this, I'm taking you down, big guy. I'm going all the way to Oliver Tree Town, and I'm going to leave you with a little bit of a bloodbath, if you will. I'm going to give this guy everything he could need to get off social media and disappear for the rest of his life. Mm. Well, I, if that ever happens, I look forward to watching you uh, just... Take him down, because I know that's the way to go. The guy's far too old, you're strong, you're young. He's an old-ass man, dude. He'd be lucky to be in the ring with me. He'd be, like, literally the peak of that dude's existence. <laughs> well, other than that, dude, I, I'm so stoked. I know the tour's kicking off here on February 19th. I, I'll be out there. It's at the Shrine, which is sick, and I think uh, people can just head out now to get tickets for it. It's going to be... about to sell out, actually, so you need to get them if you still want to, because there's probably a week or two left on this thing. Oh, yeah, that's, and I know. It's been selling hot, and I would have loved to have dived more into your filmmaking, but I'm rushed on time, so I can't, but I will just say I absolutely love your music videos, Thank dude. You. And I, I think that it definitely shows a talent that you'll be following long after this music career. But um, yeah, thanks for chatting, man. I love this set that we had and I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to discuss the upcoming Cowboy Tears album, which will hopefully see the light of day at some point. And thank you, man. Your questions were great, except for some of the later ones. I don't really know why you had to bring up all that stuff, but I will say next time if we ever do something like this again, please do not mention R. Willie, don't mention Ethan Klein, and definitely don't mention skateboarding because I hate all those things more than anything. Okay, Tommy, can you make a note of that? We're going to cut those out of the next one. All right. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. To see more of our conversation with Oliver Tree, follow Spout underscore podcast on IG or Twitter. Our next episode of the Spout Podcast will be this Sunday night at 10 Pacific, a very special episode with Adele. Definitely, more than anything, my brain is bloody on fire right now. It's, my brain is happy and it's fed and it's calm and it's hard work to get that after, post, you know, after a divorce. Um, so yeah, I've definitely um, put all my effort into that and I think maybe it's just my good brain that radiates now. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media, produced by Gorilla Sound, and created by Phil Becker. Spout.